God, we thank You for this opportunity to come around Your Word. We thank You that You plant Your Word in our hearts. Not only do You do that, but You can also prepare our hearts. So will You do that right now? If our heart is hard, will You soften it? God, we submit to You now. We want to do Your will. We're not perfect, but we have this desire. And even as we have this desire, You say we can resist the devil and he has to flee. So that's what we do right now. We resist him. Pray hedge of protection around us and our children. And we pray in this hedge of protection, You'd minister to us, bring freedom to us. You'd heal us and direct us and you provide for us. We also pray for anyone who's without hope that in this place, you would draw them unto yourself. You'd knock on the door of their heart so they can receive you as their Saviour in Jesus' name. Everyone believe it said? Amen. Awesome. You guys take your seats. So good to, ha- to have you all in the house. To our dads, happy Father's Day. Um, I think after the service, we're going to also have to have Matt. I reckon future dads have to have a competition. Matt, CJ. CJ is saying that he got the highest score, but I don't know if anyone's actually seen the score that he's got. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, listen, you know, we, we'd have to see. Hey, um, but, but um, we were just laughing. How he whips that bulltong out from under his arm. It's the salt, saltiest bulltong you're ever going to take. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Only joke, it was in the pocket, jacket pocket. So, uh, <laughs> but um, to Saki and Kaya, come on, stand up quickly. Stand up. Stand up. So, it's the only way they're going to get. Calm down, hey. Um, but they got engaged this weekend, and so oh. we had to. I was at Malkpus this morning, and, and uh, Kai was leading, and we actually had to ask her to stop waving her hand this way and to rather worship like this. But she was worshiping like this. First time I've seen it, just like this. Come on, except anyway. But but it, I can see why you're showing it off. It's a beautiful ring. Well done, Saki. Oh, good job, Bru. Um, so. <laughs> so we pray for you guys, and um, you can see everyone's backing you guys, um, and all the love. Um, yeah, so we are finishing our Galatians series, and I'm going to be reading from Galatians 4. Remember, we're going to start an encounter series um, after this, and so from next week, it's our encounter series, and it's really going to be speaking into different encounters, and there'll be different encounters morning and evening at Table View, but you'll be able to hear about people's encounters, men and women's encounters in the Bible, and what it led to. That And our, our focus is, okay, God, you have an encounter with God, He pours out His Spirit, or He shows you something, and what's the purpose of it? Well, this is the purpose of it. This is what it should be leading to. And so don't miss out on that. And then uh, we're going to go into um, five nights of prayer and worship at the church. That's at the back end of July. And that's our fast season. It's time to reset. It's a time to just uh, uh, hear from God again. Also, for God to fill you up, to be refreshed. So don't miss out on that. Even as we trust for an awesome six months, as we uh, move forward um, to the rest of the year, I encourage you to reset with us to, to make the most of that, those encounter moments, that prayer, um, that fast season. And then we're going to go into uh, Built uh, to Last, which is all about um, building with eternity in mind. Not just building with a temporary, uh, just because of the temporary, but building with eternity in mind. So this is Paul speaking to the Galatian church. And we're looking at Galatians 4 verse 1. He says this, What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he's, he's no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. 
There is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So the first thing, Paul is speaking into a child's experience of being um, an heir to, to the estate. One day they're going to inherit everything, but while they're young, um, they're actually are just like slaves in, in the rights they have. Even though they're going to own everything, they're living in the same sort of guardrails, guidelines, as what a slave would live in. He goes on to say, if you, you study the Greco-Roman era, the child would be seen as going into the next phase of their life at 14. And then from 14 to 25, they'd be under the care of a trustee. So only at 25 would they see somebody to, to come of age. And all the guys under 25 said, and it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, damn it. Uh, but, but that's Greco-Roman era, of course. Um, but, but this is what Paul says. So that's the first section I want you to see. He goes on to say, so also when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So he talks about a child being underage. And then he says, just like that child's underage, we were underage spiritually before we received Jesus as our Savior. But once Jesus came to die for us, we were no longer slaves, even though we had a promise ahead of us. It's like we were underage. And as soon as Jesus came into our life, we moved out from that state and we moved into a state of being a son and a daughter. And that sonship, so full word, it includes uh, men and women, but, but we moved into that place. So, so the first section, he explains people underage. Then he explains our spiritual status in a way that's similar to that. Then he goes on to say, because, of he, um, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So, so we see three sections to the scripture. Um, uh, you see the Greco-Roman era where people are underage. Well, spiritually, you're in the same place. And then Jesus redeemed you. And after he redeemed you, God sent his son. And you ended up having this experience where you cried out, Abba, Father. It's, it's three sections where he says, uh, you see how these guys are underage? You're in the same space um, spiritually until Jesus comes into your life. But once Jesus comes into your life, you start to not only think like a son because of the Spirit of God in you, you actually start to act, have the experience of a son and a daughter. And that's what he's saying to the church. Of course, as he talks to the group, um, some of them would have been living in the Old Testament laws in a way. They've been living in, in the, uh, focusing on, on the sacrifices that were made annually. And Paul would say, some of you are in this category. You're making sacrifices annually, but I need you to see that they have to be done annually because they actually cannot cover your sin for all time. And you need to see that Jesus paid the price for your sin. Hebrews 10 verse 1 says, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never by, um, it, it can never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they have not stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once for all. 
and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So, so you see, some of you guys are, are trying to live um, by what the Old Testament says you should do, and you try to continuously make sacrifices. But I want to let you know that Jesus was the lamb that was slain, and His sacrifice is the one that counts. That means you never have to make a sacrifice again. He washes you white as snow, and He forgives your sins. The second group of people He would have been speaking to were, were all of us, even those outside of God, that everyone was under the law. And everyone, they, for everyone, there was a payment for their sin. Um, he would have been speaking to people who'd not yet even try to practice the law of Moses or try to, or come to Jesus. They've been trying to make their own way to God. And, and they would have maybe been searching for a higher um, eternal being. And they didn't know that they, they, who they were looking for. And they were just trying to make their way to God. How do we see it? We see it in a world that is anxious, that is worried, always trying to make their way to being better, feeling better. And, and that's all of the, the whole world, all, everyone in the world lives in that space at some point. And, and Paul, of course, is saying to them, you as well are underage. Um, you haven't yet received the son. The third group of people Paul would have been speaking to would have been a group of people who'd received Jesus. They, and, and even though they'd received the full forgiveness of their sins, uh, it's like they were bringing it back and saying, you know, this is an awesome gift. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm going to try to make my own way to God. They were in Christ and they were getting distracted. Um, they might have been get, getting distracted because of the Jewish leaders who were saying, you should obey the law. And Paul would say, but, but the whole law is fulfilled in the, 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 the great command to love God and, and, and to love your neighbor. To, and, and so that, that's how you, you fulfill the law. Or they would have been hearing, hey, you need to be circumcised. You, you need to do this ritual to get to God. And, and so there are three groups of people, people who are following the law of Moses, people who are just um, in the world trying to get to God and they were in their sin. Others who already had received Jesus, but were walking away from God. So how do you and I come of age? How do we get to a place where we are sons and daughters? Number one, we do this by, uh, by Jesus redeeming us, removing all penalty or debt. Now, I remember when um, I was um, underage and I wasn't a Christian. I, um, and who was, like, like, who was in that space where you wanted to go to a club and you couldn't get in because you knew you were underage. Come on, all the sinners, put your hand up. You know what I mean? Like, check it out. I, I remember my friend, we were in matric, and he was, he was um, of age in a way. You know what I mean? He was, um, he was, he was already 18. I was 17. And sorry, I'm, I'm wrong. He was 19. I was 18 already. And we were in matric because um, I turned 18 in March of, of the year. So, and he had this Capri and the bonnet would pop open. So we actually, every time we drove fast, got off a highway, the bonnet would pop. One of us in the car would have to jump out. It was a two-door and then hit the bonnet down. And if the robot went green, the rule was you had to run down the road and jump in the car on the other side. Anyway, th that's how we did my trick. I, I remember that clearly. And it, got, it caused some fights at robots. Anyway, because, um, and I remember one just there by Bayside. Um, but we tried to get into this club because the girl he liked went into this club. And it was actually by the waterfront. And not that I'm encouraging people to go to clubs. Anyway, because um, I was not yet saved. Now you know the truth, so you can't go. Um, 
And, and I remember um, he went to the door and his ID photo was not in his ID book. And he goes to the bouncer and says, hi, yeah, yeah, I'd like to get in. The guy's like, there's no photo here. He's like, no, no, the photo fell out in the wash. So then no, no, it's me. And the, I was like, oh, yo, just go in. And he like, really, he's like, oh, okay, cool. And the guy just <laughs> stopped him. He says, get out of here, bro. Who do you think you are? Why are we going to let you into this? So, so my friend freaks out and we drive to his house in Claremont because they had moved to Claremont when we were in matric and I was on this side of the wall. So we drive to his house in Claremont in the Capri, hit the, you know what I mean, out of Cape Town. He gets to his house, he digs that. It was hilarious. And he couldn't find it. He was freaking out. And then he phones his dad and he finds out his dad's at Key 4 at the waterfront. And, and he can't get hold of his dad. His dad's, of course, Key 4 would normally have some live bands and that. And so he phones Key 4 and says, please tell like, my dad, Mr. So-and-so, that it's an emergency. His son is looking for him. So they do it on the loudspeaker. Mr. So-and-so, it's an emergency. Like, like think about his dad. Like, oh, what's happening to my son? So we get to the waterfront. We park at an emergency parking bay, which is for like an ambulance. And he just climbs out the car, runs off. And I'm like standing now at the Capri and the, the security waterfront. I'm like, um, uh, what are you doing here? I'm, it's an emergency. Like, you know, like, so he gets to his dad. It was hilarious. He's like, dad, dad, he says, what's wrong? He says, dad, I can't get into the club. My idea that... <laughs> This year, his dad jumps into the Capri with us, tuning him, blah, 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 but we go to the police station, his dad signs a, like he's still dead. Anyway, then we get a, like, hi, can we come in? Like, anyway, but the, to live underage, anyway, you know what I mean? Like, like, we weren't underage, but that's how it felt. And, and I reckon when, when you actually see that you can be of age, not to club, but to actually not, Try to make your way to heaven and actually receive the forgiveness that Jesus has for you. You're going to start to see, because I look back at that story and just think, what a foolish story. You know what I mean? What a dumb thing to, to spend our night doing. It like, took us like an hour and a half, two hours just to like, get, yeah. but, and I remember going there, not that I was, I, I used to just be like, okay, what are we doing? Let's, let's go home. But I normally had sport the next day. But, but uh, uh, some of us are actually foolishly trying to get to God. And Paul's saying, if you want to come of age, you need to actually see that the only way you can do it is to receive Jesus as your Savior. He redeems you and He releases the slave from his or her owner. So Jesus walks into the market and He says, I would like these children, I would like that slave. And the slave owner's name is Law. And Law says, well, the payment for that slave is death. Jesus says, I'll die. I'll make the payment. And he makes the payment in full. And all of a sudden, you and I are free. And we are now sons and daughters who not only have been freed from slavery, but we've got an inheritance waiting for us. And Paul's saying, why are you doing it by yourself? You must do it with Jesus. He pays the price for your sin. So even as he does it, I mentioned to you, number two, Jesus ensures us the full rights of a son. And, and so when he uh, pays the price for our sin, he not only sorts out the legal stuff of our sin, 
He makes us legally sons and daughters. And we have all the rights of a son and daughter. Now, in the Greco-Roman era, if a, a, a landowner, a wealthy person was childless, um, that wealthy person would take one of his servants and adopt him and move him from slave to son. And that son now had, um, had, would receive the financial and legal privileges within that estate. And also in the outside world, they would be living as sons or as a daughter. They would be an heir to the throne and they would own the estate. Previously, they would have been living like a slave, but now they have come of age in a way. They are a son of God. And, and yes, through birth, they might have been caught up in slavery, just like you and I were born into sin. But because of the payment made, because of this transaction, because of what's happened in this relationship where this, this wealthy person um, decided, you are my son, because of it, you receive all the privileges. Uh, legally, your status is now son, and that's what happens to you as you receive Jesus. See, on the earth, you might feel uh, downtrodden or, or overlooked, but in heaven, your name is written, legal son of God, legal child of God, uh, inheritance awaiting them, um, uh, protected, blessed. Not only are they a child on earth, but even more forever and ever, they're a child of God in heaven. And, and that's what he'll say to us. See, I don't know if you have tried to get become a son or a daughter legally and, and you're trying to make a payment you can never make or, or you're trying to do it in the wrong way. Um, let's see, I know my, my friend now lives in Miami, so maybe he's watching, but he, I'm going to tell another story of his. Anyway, um, but, but he, comes, he came to me, he says, Bru, you never guess what happened. Um, I, said, I said, what? He says, you know, I'm so pumped. I'm gonna, uh, today I went and closed my Markham's account. You know, he felt, we were in church, and he felt, you know, he, he wanted to get rid of the, the credit cards, and he was pumped. So he did it at Bayside Mall. So he walks into Bayside Mall. He's in a great mood. Eh? He's pumped. He's, I'm just walking, like I'm whistling. And, 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 you know, you go past Wimpy, and then there's the Markhams over there. Now, he turned left and, after Wimpy, and he walks into the store. He goes to the front, says, Hey, hi, and how can we help you? I'm here to close my account. Good mood. He's tapping the card on the thing. He's like, and, and so they, what's your name? And they look up his name. They can't find it. Um, are you like, he says, you know what? I actually live um, in Kenilworth. And should we, can we, is there like a database? A wider database? Like she said, well, let's look. And looks, looks. And they said, is there any other way we would maybe spell your name? And they, they try one or two spellings. He says it's taking quite a while now. It's got minutes and looking. He says 20 minutes in. Like he remembers because he, he says, the lady says to him, um, um, see, I can't find your name. Uh, what card, like what account are you closing? He says, no, it's just a gray uh, Markham's card. She says, sir, this is true as woman. Anyway. <laughs> so, of course, just before Markham's was true as woman. Anyway, so I don't know how he got in there, but he said... <laughs> He said this lady was like, he's like, okay, I'll just go next door, okay. <laughs> but you could be spending your time trying to pay bills at the wrong place. And not that you're supposed to pay a bill. 
but you are supposed to come to the one who pays the bill, who sorts your bill out legally and sorts your status out legally as a son or a daughter of God. Don't be foolish, Paul's saying. You can try to do it through the Mosaic law, but they had to make a sacrifice yearly. You can try to do it making your way to God, going on some camp and some retreat, but still only Jesus. Or maybe you've already received Jesus and now you're trying to pay the bill yourself. Why would you be so foolish? Why wouldn't you stay as a child of God? Of course, the third thing God does for us, God sends His Spirit to work in us to have the experience of a son. This is so vitally important and I absolutely love it. God pays the price for your sin. He changes your status. You're a son now. You've got legal rights to the estate and you've got an inheritance waiting for you. And then God gives you His Spirit so that you'd have an experience of a son. See, the work of the son and the front end doesn't require any feelings. Andre, I don't feel forgiven. You're forgiven. Um, Andre, I don't feel like a son. Is, but you are a son. But God doesn't want to leave you in that place because if you stay in a place where you don't start to have the experience of a son, you're going to find you might move back into disobedience. You might move back into striving. So God gives you His Spirit. You are legally a child of God whether you feel it or not. But the work of the Spirit is there for you to have your personal experience with God. And that's why it says you'll cry out, Abba, Father. Um, and so, so you, God wants to give you an experience where you have the experience of a son and you start to have the mind of a son. Scripture says you actually have the mind of Christ. Think about it. Christ is God's son. Christ is God's child. And you can have the same mind and the Holy Spirit's been given to you have that same experience. He gives you a passion. He, he confirms that you are His child by putting His Spirit inside of you. And, and you don't have to live this in the space where you know God saved you, but you actually don't feel like you're a child of God. That's why He does the third step. Pays for your sins, makes you a son or a daughter, and then gives you the Spirit of God to actually let you have the experience of a child of God. So, so He says here um, that, that we call out Abba Father. And the language used there is the language of a child. It's a language um, of a child crying out to their parent. And, and of course, I'm a dad and, and any dads out there, um, if you've got children, uh, my girls, sometimes I'm like, do you know any other word? You know what I mean? Dad, 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 dad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh my hat. But I'm never going to get that back. One day, they're not going to be at my house Calling out, so so I get I I remember that, but but I used to love picking up Juliana and Zara. I remember their chubby cheeks, and I remember this, you know, the first day of Juliana's school when she was two it was like the hardest day of her life. Like we were like at the school gate, like listening, like you know, it's bad. Like you don't realize how, how how much you end up loving your child, and but the best was when I picked them up and they'd say to their friends, "That's my daddy." And then I would confirm and say, "Yes, I'm your daddy." And God says that's what He does in your life. You say, Father God, Dad, and then He confirms it continuously. And God does it better than I could ever do it for my girls. And that's what you and I need in our life. We need to be in that place where God is confirming that you're a son or a daughter because that's where you become confident and that's where you start living as a son or a daughter. The crazy thing is, it's quite 
out there. But, but when you become a child of God, He not only pays the price for your sin, He puts a medal of honor over your neck. That Jesus pays for your sin. You don't, get, um, you don't get the wage of sin that you deserve, but then you get what He deserves. And He deserves honor. And God actually honors you as a child, a son of God or a daughter of God. It's actually quite crazy. It can actually feel like, like I don't deserve this. And, and we actually struggle with it. Like, like you don't deserve it. Well, why are you getting it? Because of what Jesus did. He's, Jesus even prays that we would experience the same love that He experienced. And, and, uh, and he's, He actually says, like, I, I want them, God, to experience the same love that I experienced. And, and I, what I want you to understand is Jesus not only paid for our sin and, and He not only secured our, our sonship, our legal status, He also asked God for us to have the same experience He has in the relationship that He has with God. And that's why you receive this honor. You, re- you receive this love that you don't deserve, but that's the love God wants to give you. And that's why you need to cry out, Abba Father. You need to make it one of your practices. If you don't, you're gonna miss out on this gift God wants to give you, this confirmation that He wants to bring into your life. So yes, when we, um, when, when we do this, and we, we live in this space, God enables us to speak confidently of His love and assurance. And, and some of us, maybe you've got into some bad talk and healthy talk. Um, remember, you eat the fruit of your lips. And God wants you now as a child of God, as you cry out, Abba Father, to start to speak about your future. And not arrogantly, but confidently. I'm blessed. I'm a child of God. God's got my future in His hands. My Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. There's nothing in this economy that can take me down. God's got a future for me. I can be diligent. God wants to open up doors for me. I'm going to wake up and work hard. God's got the best for me. I'm His child. Um, The crazy thing is you are treated like the one and only child. And, and here's some benefits. Um, because of God's, uh, because of your rights as a son or a daughter, you have intimacy of relationship. You have authority over possessions. So, so it's, uh, to be a child means you, you've got an inheritance. Um, you've got confidence and boldness um, every day. Um, you, you don't have to be fearful. Um, the, the, the sonship removes fear of missing um, fulfillment and losing approval. Isaiah 8 verse 12 says, Do not be afraid of some plan conceived behind closed doors that will end you. Uh, do not fear anything except the Lord. Um, and then we are treated as if we're the only sons like Jesus. This is what you, like, I think is awesome. Jesus is the only son and He dies for us. And then God when He forgives us, He loves us like we are His only son, His only daughter. So, so yes, we are corporately all together. But when God relates to you, He treats you like you're the only person. So when you pray, you could go, is God really hearing my prayer? Totally. And He's treating you like He would treat Christ. Because you're carrying You've received Christ's sacrifice and He looks at you and He sees Christ and He treats you like His only child so you can be confident. So so here's two things I encourage you to do. Because you are a child of God, we must put aside significant time to study the work of the Son. I'd encourage you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John 
actually see how the son lives. See how a daughter should live. Live now as a child of God. And then number two, which I've mentioned is, we must cry out to our Father spontaneously throughout the day. You say, why? We see my kids do it. It seems to work with the earthly father. How much more is it going to work with your Father in heaven? My kids cry out confidently that I'm going to hear it. And if earthly parents give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give you what you ask for? You must cry out. And there's this incredible transaction that takes place as you cry out. You, as you cry out to God, God will assure you of His love. As you cry out, Abba Father, the Spirit does His work assuring you that you are God's child. And as you cry out, Abba Father, uh, His love comes flooding into your life and assurance comes into your life. I encourage you, if you are not feeling assured, cry out until you do, until His love fills your life. And it's this transaction is you cry out because the, the devil wants you to speak fear, speak doubt. But God just says, cry out to me and I'll fill your heart with love and assurance. And Romans 8 verse 60 says, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And so as soon as, like, because the, the world wants you to confess weird things, but all God says is cry out to me, Abba Father, and I'll respond and I'll fill you with confidence and I'll, I'll assure you again of my love and you will sense that you are my child. And so I encourage you wherever you are, don't just probably do it in a business meeting, but anyway, oh God, okay, Abba Father, like, yeah, maybe if it's all going wrong, but, but wherever you are, cry out. Do it. Childlike faith. You know, there'll be a day where my daughters are older and they're going to stop shouting, Dad, 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 like Tim, Dad, Dad, Dad. And I'm going to have to teach them to start doing it to God. You know, um, my parents, I always say, I understood Jesus' sacrifice easy because I knew my parents would jump off a building for me. When I heard that Jesus died for me, I was like, I get it. And maybe for some of you, you haven't had that experience where you've, you've had a parent who, who would do whatever it takes for you. You've got a Father in heaven who'll do that. And I encourage you to cry out, cry out and let Him do that miracle work as that transaction happens. What you to do in this moment is, you might need to just close your eyes, but just to talk to God and to, in this moment, to talk to Him as His one and only child. Just like He sees Jesus, He sees you now. If you've received Jesus' forgiveness and bring your request to God. Bring your cares to God right now. Say, God, this is what I'm worried about. And then cry out to Him and let Him start that transaction. As you cry out, He fills you with assurance. He fills you with His love. He's an awesome Saviour. Why don't you speak to Him now? group I just want to pray for if you haven't received Jesus forgiveness you haven't let him pay the penalty of your sin your slave master is law crying out saying they need to fulfill the law and the wages of sin is death Jesus stands and says I've died for you I've already paid the price for your sin will you receive the free gift of salvation the Bible says those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
as we confess that we're sinners, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. As we confess that He's the Son of God, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. If you need to receive His forgiveness and, and let Him um, welcome you into His family as a son or a daughter, um, if you need to do that tonight, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, you say, Andre, I wanna pray that prayer. I wanna make that confession. Just with every eye closed, out of respect. If that's you, give me a wave. Say, that's me, Andre. I need to pray that prayer tonight. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? I don't wanna miss out on you. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Let's pray together as a church family. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. I confess that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come and give Him praise in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Can I ask everyone just to look to my right? Um, as that door opens, you'll see we've got a salvation room and a prayer room. We've got men and women counselors. If you pray that prayer, your next step is to tell somebody how. Pray that prayer. I, I gave my life to Jesus. I came back to Jesus tonight. Then for anyone else who needs any prayer, you, can, uh, you go down there. We've got men and women counselors. And they can also help you take a next step. For everyone who's new, you can grab your first coffee at the God Can banner. We've also got a dad's uh, photo booth for Father's Day. Why don't you make use of that? For the Father's Day comp, we encourage you to test your strength out as you walk out the doors to your left. And then please, we've got Burbush Rolls for 15 Rand. Make the most of it. Enjoy. Have a good Sunday. Cheers, guys.